feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. What do you make of the fact that the Freedom Convoy may be coming to the United States? You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night, and in a matter of hours, they could potentially make it into the United States. They might even be launching around the time of the big game a lot of people are talking about. And I say bravo to them. I think, you know what, I think it's great when I see people with that independent streak Many of the people, by the way, in Canada, they're 90% vaccinated there. So it's not like they're totally anti-vax. They're just anti-mandates. And the same thing is also happening in so many places, just that spirit of freedom across America. And sadly, by the way, potentially in the next few hours, many hundreds upon hundreds of essential workers may be out of a job In New York, for example, because it was the deadline for a number of New York City workers, and that included like firefighters, police, healthcare workers. They were rallying today, and it is heartbreaking because these folks are heroes, and they suddenly go from heroes to zeros? I don't think so. Not in America. I think it's outrageous. And when I see what the Canadian government has been doing with these truckers, basically vilifying them, Anybody who is like against the liberal Canadian government and Justin Trudeau, where they're basically treated like they're like white supremacists. And these people are just out there saying, we're just hearing here peacefully. We want to be here. We love our country. We just want freedom. We want to be able to do business. And then they're all smeared by this government in Canada and also in cahoots with Biden because he's been also talking with them as well. So him and Justin Trudeau are smearing these Very peaceful protesters. But listen to how the Canadian transportation minister described them. The organizers of this protest have discredited themselves with all of their rhetoric and their commitment to overthrowing the government or some past statements or current statements about that are hateful, that are racist, that are scary. You know, it's so interesting because if you look at the media coverage, It's like they're sitting there with the flag. They're saying they love their family. They're talking about faith. These people, they're trying to do whatever they can. It's either their way or no way. And the government is trashing them through this whole ordeal. And I say, bravo, keep that fight on, freedom truckers. Keep that fight on. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, because I think it's outrageous the way that they have been treated, the way that New York City essential workers are being treated. How sad. You know, healthcare workers who are there in the hospitals helping, doing all that stuff, and now suddenly, okay, you know, you're not complying. See ya. You know, I I think it's unbelievable, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Meantime, as I mentioned, President Biden has basically been in cahoots with the Canadian government, and he is all over the place in this latest interview. And I don't like to say this about an American president, but this president is so out of touch on so many levels. And it is frightening because we have been learning in the last few hours, if you listen to all the coverage, 
that we may be on the brink of war. And, you know, we're talking about Russia, Ukraine. We are hearing, of course, about more American troops going to Poland. 3,000 U.S. troops just went to add on to the 1,700 that are in Zhezhiv, Poland. I've spent time there. I know exactly where that area is all too well. My father's a Polish resistance fighter. And we know about the Russians. We know about Ukraine. I've been there. I've been to Lviv. I've been in, you know, I've been in parts of Ukraine. So I know what is going on, and I know that region. And if you listen to what the Pentagon has been saying, they have been telegraphing. Things are on the horizon. Things may be imminent. And yet President Biden is all over the place when he is being asked. He did an interview with Lester Holt. And if you take a listen to the verbiage, it's actually a little frightening because, of course, during Afghanistan, he's like, oh, we're not going to leave anybody behind. We're not going to do that. And then in the interview with Lester Holt, President Biden was like, well, here's sort of what I told Putin. Here's what I did this. It just feels so rudderless. It's actually pretty scary. And if we are on an eminent potential war there in Europe with Russia and Ukraine and NATO and all these different things, it's a very complex situation. And then this is our president who doesn't seem to have a clue. Take a listen to this exchange with Lester Holt and President Biden. And I want to get your take on if you are concerned that this president can handle what may be a very tough road in the next few days. You've, you've told him to, that, that you know, Americans will be a line that they can't cross? Well, I, I didn't have to tell him that. He, I've, I've spoken about that. He knows that. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, look, that's why what I've asked is American citizens should leave, should leave now. We're dealing with one of the largest armies in the world. This is a very different situation, and things could go crazy quickly. Well, I kind of told him I didn't really have to tell them. This is like when he came out and said, well, if there's a minor incursion, we won't do anything. Don't worry about it if it's a minor incursion. And then Lester Holt says, hey, well, did you tell him that don't touch the hair, basically, on any single American? Because there's about 30,000 Americans in Ukraine, and there are reports that Russia may invade Ukraine at any minute. That's what we're hearing. There's going to be a conversation tomorrow with President Biden and Putin. Uh, That could be either productive or things could fall apart very quickly, knowing the history with Russia. So did you tell him? Don't go near an American citizen or else. Oh, well, I kind of didn't really tell him. I didn't really need to tell him. I kind of sort of did. Does that sound like someone who can handle a former KGB leader? I don't think so. What do you guys think? It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here's a little bit more, which is what really scares me as we are now heading into some really complex stuff. Because not only is Russia-Ukraine a big issue, obviously Iran is a big issue, Afghanistan with the Taliban in control. And I think it's kind of important to know what country you're talking about. And you have to hear this, where President Biden cannot even keep track of which country he is speaking about. And this is the guy who's going to be able to put Putin in his place or Kim Jong-un in his place or, uh, you know, one of the uh, Ayatollahs over there in Iran. Take a listen to this sequence. And I don't know why the White House puts Joe Biden out for interviews. This is disastrous. And there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq. 
Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. No way that that's going to happen. And does it sound like he has any authority in his voice? I don't think so. He doesn't even know what country. He doesn't even know what continent he's on. So you think he's going to be able to figure that out? This is actually really scary. And I feel for the first time in, you know, in many years now that I'm really worried about where American leadership is going. And this is why it's important to have somebody who's coherent, who is strong, who projects the values of America, who projects the strength of America. Because if this is the message that he's doing in a TV interview that he had time to prep for, and there really wasn't any big gotcha question, even though we're going to get to how he couldn't handle that in a moment, even though that was the issue, you think he's going to be able to handle Vladimir Putin? I don't think so, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Are you concerned at the way this president is handling the media, handling world leaders? And do you think he even realizes that we may be on the brink of a war in Europe? Does he really realize what is happening right now in that area? Do you think this is a guy who's going to be able to galvanize NATO? I don't think so. And I am really concerned. And take a listen. I want to play. This is cut one. And here's Lester Holt asking a question that any journalist would ask. The illogical question is obviously, what do you think, you know, about inflation? We're all going to the stores. We're all checking things out. You can see the prices are inflated left and right. You can see the gas pump. Everything is left and right. It's all over the place. Uh, For those of you who are watching the big game on Sunday, it's costing a lot more to get hot dogs and hamburgers and Cokes and whatever else you're drinking. And wings, of course. Who could forget barbecued wings, everybody? I love those barbecued wings. So who could forget those and nachos and all that other good stuff? It is costing a lot, lot more. So it's a logical question. So I want you to hear this exchange with Lester Holt. For some reason, President Biden thinks this is a gotcha question. And what scares me about this is if he thinks this is tough, Imagine his conversation with Vladimir Putin. If he can't handle Lester Holt asking a basic question, you think he's going to be able to handle that call tomorrow morning with the former head of KGB. Take a listen. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. Well, you're being a wise guy with me. Like, why are you asking that question? Why do you think you are asking that question? Can you believe that? Like, what's the wise guy? Where's the catch? We're just asking. It's a logical question. And quite frankly, if I was asking the question with him, I would say, don't you bear responsibility? Don't you think your policies of all the spending is now finally catching up with the American public? Do you owe an apology to the average American family? What question would you have asked this president? And I don't know if he would have been able to handle it. If he couldn't handle this one, I don't think he could handle another one. And then they got into the issue, of course, of Afghanistan and the withdrawal, because that report came out this week. We talked about it here on the Rita Cosby Show when that blistering report came out. And that blistering report essentially said that the Pentagon was deeply, deeply upset 
with what the White House basically did in terms of the evacuation, the way that they just haphazardly pulled everybody out. Remember, 13 American lives were killed with that very, like, you know, disastrous way it was pulled out. And they said, this is not what we told the White House. We told the White House we should have kept some troops there. We told the White House we should have kept Bagram. And listen to the president, because he denies that he ever got that information. And I actually rarely use this line. I do not think he is telling the truth. I think he is lying to the American public, just like we heard when he said, oh, nobody told me, you know, to keep the troops there. Nobody told me to keep Bagram. Remember, Milley testified he did. Remember, McKenzie testified he did. Remember, of course, the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, testified he did. And then this report says that everybody in the military basically reinforced it. But he's like wants us to believe that he's the only person who's telling the truth and everybody else is lying. Maybe he doesn't remember. And how sad is that? Take a listen to this exchange. I have to draw your attention to that Army report, an investigative report that's come out about the lead up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It, it interviewed many military officials and officers who said the administration ignored the handwriting on the wall. Uh, another described trying to get folks in the embassy ready to evacuate, encountering uh, you know, people who are in, essentially in denial of, of this situation. Does any of that ring true to you? No. No. That's not what I was told. I don't even know if he was awake. Ah, uh, no. Uh, no. I mean, was that like the longest pregnant pause you've heard in your life? And it didn't sound very authoritative. I don't even know if he remembers. And here is a little bit of a follow-up that Lester Holt asked to an obvious question after hearing, no, no. I just want to clarify, are you rejecting the conclusions or the the accounts that are in this Army report? Yes, I am. So they're not, not true? I'm rejecting them. I'm rejecting them. So, no, they didn't tell me that. Who do you believe? Do you believe everybody? By the way, there were like over 100 people that were listed. It's a 2,000-page Army report. Who do you believe? And what do you make of when you hear this president, who I think right now is clearly in cognitive decline, and we are dealing with some really bad actors and some very treacherous situations, and he is about to have maybe one of the most important phone calls a president may have with a foreign leader. He is hours away from speaking to Putin tomorrow. And you think he's going to do anything that's going to like threaten Putin or have Putin worried that he shouldn't cross over into Ukraine? I don't think so. I want to hear your thoughts on all of this, everybody. When we come back, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back on the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. A little Whitney Houston here on this Friday night on the Rita Cosby Show. Sadly, this is the anniversary of her passing. My God, what a talent. And we'll also be talking about the big game. She was one, remember her national anthem was like unbelievable. I think it goes down as one of the best national anthems ever. And we are talking about, I think, one of the worst interviews ever. Joe Biden, who talked to Lester Holt, and he was fumbling and bumbling. It was like, uh, 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 uh all over the place. 
How is he going to be dealing with Putin tomorrow on the call? This is the guy who's going to be acting tough with President Putin, and Putin's supposed to be scared of somebody who can't even say what country he's in. He's kind of like, uh, 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 uh. In fact, I want to play a little bit. This is, again, him kind of fumbling when he's asked, you know, a basic question about policy, and he can't even figure out his geography. And this is the guy who's going to be talking to Putin and trying to keep Putin away out of Ukraine? I don't think so. And there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. No way uh, 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 Iraq, Afghanistan, Russia, Ukraine, Zimbabwe, uh, Australia, Bali, I'm not sure where. What do you think, everybody? one 800 848 Let's go to Bill in Philadelphia. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show, Bill. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Rita. I listen to you every day. You're awesome. Thank you, Bill, and I'm glad you're calling in. What What did you make of President Biden? I think well, it's scary. You said earlier about we need leadership. He isn't a leader. He's got dementia. It's going to get worse. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you, Bill. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's sad, Bill? It's a sad thing for America when you have that, because how is this guy going to talk tough? Um, Dan, let's go real quick to you in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Your thoughts real quick, Dan. Well, mine's a little bit different, uh, Rita. Thank you for taking me on. Um, I'm talking about Jen Psaki today, and she made some comments at the White House press conference. My heart just goes out to the Afghan veterans today. Uh, she was replying to uh, Jackie Heinrich's question, the Fox News White House correspondent, about getting Americans out of yep. Ukraine hey, and Dan, relating. Dan, do me a favor. We're going to go to a quick hard break. I will carry you over, so stay with us. We'll continue when we come back, and we're going to talk about the truckers. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a Lancaster, Pennsylvania regional police officer caught a boy who jumped from the second floor of a burning home this week. A police officer encouraged the boy who was hanging from a window ledge to jump to his safety. The officer then caught the boy as he fell. Both the officer and the boy fell into a first floor glass window. And the officer incredibly just had a minor injury and both him and the boy were taken to a local hospital for evaluation. They just had a few cuts and also a little bit of smoke inhalation. And it's incredible. And that's thanks to the quick thinking of a great officer. And a big thanks always to our men and women in blue. Well, we have been talking about, I think, a situation that is going to be black and blue, especially on the border of Ukraine and Russia. And we're talking about President Biden just fumbling all over the place in an interview that was just airing a little bit ago. It was like, uh, uh, he didn't even know what country he was talking about. He didn't even know what continent he was talking about. And this is the guy who in a matter of hours is going to be talking to President, uh, the you know, the head of Russia, the former KGB, Putin, the guy who's very shrewd. I mean, this is the guy who's going to talk about, I mean, this is a scary matchup. That's like Tyson and uh, pulling like a second-year-old, two-year-old from the street corner. That's what that's like. I usually always say Tyson and Holyfield, but that's like uh, Tyson and uh, my grandmother, you know? I like my grandmother, but my bet's on Tyson. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's continue with Dan in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Dan, thanks so much for waiting. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, hi. Uh, so I'm talking about Jen Psaki's reply to uh, the Fox News White House correspondent today about getting Americans out of the Ukraine and relating to Republicans who are critical of the Afghan pullout, particularly Mitch McConnell. So Psaki said this, this in reply. Okay, here's what I would say to Mr. McConnell. The president ended a 20-year war in Afghanistan, a war that had cost us thousands of American lives, billions, trillions of dollars, and was a failed enterprise after 20 years. He was the first president to do that after many predecessors failed to take exactly that step. We knew it would be complicated. We knew it would be challenging. Yep. So, Dan, yep, I, I remember. So your thoughts on that, If uh, I, I agree. I see where you're going. I want to hear your thoughts, though. I'm, I'm thinking, seriously, Jen? I thought President Trump set that in motion with the Taliban early last year. Yeah. A failed enterprise? Yeah, That's horrible. The salute you give to our brave men and women who fought over there selflessly over all those years? I He's agree. By the way, when I heard that, Dan, the word enterprise, you're right. It was like a gut punch because it was like, oh, and just as you said, it's like this revisionist history because President Trump did indeed set the wheels in motion. However, he said on conditions, and that's where Biden and even the Pentagon in their report shows that, too, that they said, listen, the Taliban should have done X before we pulled out. The Taliban should have had these things in line before we pulled out. They should have abided by a separate different agreements. They did not. Also, in the military report, they said we should have kept Bagram. We should have had more troops there. So then it wouldn't have been that chaotic withdrawal. Um, and maybe that bomber, suicide bomber, wouldn't have gotten to the Abbey Gate and taken 13 precious American lives. It was blistering, that report. And I agree with you. I hate whenever I see this White House, and even when I've seen the president of late, the fact that the president actually said, you know, no, I don't know what they're talking about with the report. He knows what they're talking about. It was all of his key military guys were saying the exact same thing to him. I mean, it wasn't like one guy said it. It was like all his key guys said it. And then Biden decided on his own, he's just going to politically pull out. And I agree with you. It's heartbreaking for the veterans. It's heartbreaking for the American people. And we all deserve better. Dan, thank you. Great call. Let's go to Michael in Nutley, New Jersey. Hey, Mike, how are you? Rita, where is the Pope on this Ukraine-Russia issue? And here's why. Pre-1989, the communist Russians abolished Christianity and Catholicism in, in Russia. And, and by the way, by, by the way, Mike, the Pope did make a statement. I saw it the other day. He actually said, you know, like he's praying that there is no war, obviously. But- he, he has to go beyond that. And I'll tell you why, because after Putin became president, he's the one that restored Catholic churches throughout Russia, hundreds of them. So obviously he's a Christian. You, there's a picture of you and the Pope together, I saw. Maybe there's some way you or some congressman could get in touch with the Pope and take a physical flight to meet with Putin in the Kremlin and say to him, look, you're a Christian, you're a Catholic, just like us. Cut the crap. Wow. Because this is getting out of hand. You know what, Michael? Actually, it's an interesting point because you know what's interesting? Popes have intervened at different points. And, in fact, the moment when I met with Pope Francis – um, it was right before he was doing a Mideast peace summit, ironically. And he was talking about trying to bring all the sides together in the Middle East. And boy, is that a cauldron. That's another tough area and another tough part of the world. So it was pretty interesting because he brought together at that point uh, the Israelis, 
And he brought together, uh, you know, the he brought together the Arabs on the other side, the Palestinian leader, Mahmoud, Mahmoud Abbas. So at that time, it was actually really groundbreaking. And who's to say that he might not play a role here? Who knows? Can you imagine if he actually had a meeting with Putin and the Ukrainian leaders and a whole bunch of other folks? You know, maybe some other NATO leaders, you know, separate than uh, obviously because Ukraine is not in NATO. But maybe you bring in Poland, you bring in Romania. He could actually maybe bring all these. He might be the only person because I actually think he would have more influence on Putin. I think Putin maybe would be captivated. He probably would have a hard time saying no to him. I actually think Putin would have an easy time saying no to President Biden. What do you think? Arita, the Pope has to guilt Putin into a peaceful resolution. He has to guilt him because he's a fellow Catholic and Christian. Even though he's the leader of the Russian Empire or whatever, the, Russia, and he's from the KGB. But he deep down, I seen Putin kiss the cross in front of his bishop in some documentary they had uh, on a Western documentary they did on him because it was called Putin, the Kossovs, and, and Christianity. And I actually saw Putin kiss the cross in front of his bishop. And the thing is, that tells me he's a Christian. The Pope has to guilt Putin into a peaceful resolution. You and yeah. the rest of the media and congressmen have to call the Pope and say, get involved, because this could get out of hand. What, by the way, really by the way Mike, Mike, I actually think it's a really smart idea for the Pope to intervene. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this pope would want to interview. He really does care about, like, peace. I mean, he's sort of the—remember, in fact, right when he got elected and picked, he was the guy who, like, remember, took the bus back. He was washing the feet of those—and he deeply does care about, like, peace in the world. I mean, he, you know, for, some people believe, okay, he's, you know, far to the left, and some of the things he has said have definitely been, like, you know, about climate change and a whole bunch of this other stuff— but when it comes to something like this, he genuinely, I do believe, truly, truly wants peace in the world. And I actually think that's actually a really brilliant point. And if there's a way I can get back in touch with him again, I will try. And I, if I get a chance, I will bring it up to him. And I also hope that he's inspired to do something. My great, great call. Meantime, speaking of world events, have you guys seen what has been happening up north of us in Canada? It is a mess. And speaking of world leaders, Justin Trudeau has really been putting his thumb down on the truckers. The prime minister there, Justin Trudeau, I think has been outrageous. Speaking of kind of lefty leaders, he has shown no gray and no mercy to these truckers who are out there because they say, listen, we can't do business if we're not vaccinated and they're in a truck. It's not like they're, you know, uh, in a group where they're like breathing over everybody. They're most of the time in a cab of a truck by themselves. And yet they are required to be vaccinated. They also have to quarantine on different sides of the border if they're crossing into, you know, into into the United States or into Canada. They have to quarantine for like 10 days. There's all these restrictions. So they have been doing this freedom convoy that you have seen that's now sparked in different parts of the world and maybe coming into United States. Well, Justin Trudeau says, ah, 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 ah. And in fact, a court just came down a little bit ago. They are trying to squeeze them. They shut off funds to them. They're trying to shut off access to them. And Justin Trudeau threw the hammer at them. And take a listen to the kind of rhetoric that he has been giving to these folks. And I think it is outrageous. The best way to resolve this, the best way to stop hurting Canadian citizens, hardworking Canadians across this country, is for the people in these protests to understand that they have been heard, but it's time to go home. It's time to bring your kids 
home from this protest. It is now an illegal protest, and the consequences on them and on their families uh, will be significant if they choose to continue with this illegal activity. With this illegal activity, and he has been calling them insurrectionists. He's been basically saying that they are racist. He's been saying they're Nazis. He has been doing everything to smear these people. And if you look at the signs, at least the most of the ones that I've seen have been extremely peaceful. They've been passionate, but they've been talking about discussions. And he won't even meet with them. He just wants to shut them down because he doesn't want anyone to go up against them. Take a listen. Here is one of the Canadian truckers talking all about it. This convoy is all about freedom. It's not only with the truck drivers. It's actually for every single person. You, me, buddy down the road. It doesn't matter. Um, It's all about your free choice. And things are going to get heated there because a Canadian court ordered the group of trucker protesters off of a border bridge between Ontario and Michigan. And the blockade was supposed to disperse after 7 p.m. We'll try to get you an update on everything that is happening there because what's going on with the Freedom Convoy? Is it free no more? We'll find out because it's really sparked this movement around the world. People are kind of getting on board and saying, you know what? This is powerful. This is important. And they're just speaking out. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts, my friend. Congratulations, Justin Trudeau. Get the hammer down on these people. Get them away from the bridge and give them to them what they deserve. Freedom is a wonderful thing, but it ain't good if you're dead from the disease. Get the shots. Get away. That bridge is needed because valuable commerce needs to go to Michigan, to the car manufacturers, to other manufacturers. They're holding it up for one reason. They don't want to get shots. Okay, don't get shots. Fine with me. But don't ever walk into a hospital. They shouldn't let you in. They should keep you in the emergency room and give other people that have gotten shots the situation. I told you about this before. I remember, by the way, Stan, I just want to uh, repeat because that is hardcore. This country is in Canada, those people. Unbelievable. What a joke. Go ahead. So you're saying, oh, Canada, I love uh, Justin Trudeau. Absolutely. Hey, he's coming hard. I, I don't blame him. And if it starts in the United States, we do the same thing here. There's a, you know... You want to draw a line? You want? I mean, we have to defeat this situation. You know what? You know, you said, who are heroes? Pfizer is a hero. Moderna is a hero. Put them on the list, too, because they came up with these, these vaccines. We need to get a possible cure for this. But if not everybody's going to cooperate, if freedom is a wonderful thing, but it ain't good if you're dead. So, so Stan, please, Stan, let me ask you. Let me oh, ask you, ask because you want. Yeah, yeah. So, Stan, <laughs> let me ask you. We have seen a decrease for sure of these mask mandates. You know, we've seen it in New York. We've seen it in in a number of states of late. In the last few days, they've been talking about scaling back because they're realizing things are tapering off and life is sort of getting back to normal, which is a great thing, which is wonderful. Um, Getting back to normal means what, Rita? Rita? When we cure this disease, I'm for you. I'll, I'll never wear a mask again. Yeah, and but stand, right stand. The corner, there can be another stand, variant. Then I, we'll be so, stand. You're talking. To, I've, I've told you. I've been vaccinated. You know, I got, I got the Pfizer vaccine. I did the double Pfizer. But I don't like this heavy-handed smearing, calling them Nazis, calling them this. That is not the way to inspire people. And he could have spoken to him. You know what he could have done, Stan, in the Justin Trudeau case. 
They wanted to talk with him. He wouldn't even give them five minutes to talk with them because if he had done that, maybe they could have come to some solution and they wouldn't have to block a bridge. I mean, how rude is he? Like he doesn't think they're good enough to talk to them, but he's but he'll smear them. He won't even give them five minutes. The essential workers that are the truckers that are delivering goods around this country and around this world, they're not good enough to have a five-minute conversation with. Shame on Justin Trudeau. Thank you, Stan, very much. Let's go to Mark in Bristol, Virginia. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, how are you doing? Good. My wife and I love you to death. Oh, thank you so much. Well, give yes. your wife a big hug for me, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. I, I will do that. You know, this Trudeau and what they've done is ridiculous. People need to realize Freedom ain't free, and and I support them 100%. I'm sorry about the guy that I did. I'm just, this is, they need to talk to the, the president. I agree. That's, that's I agree. I Mark, thank you, and happy Valentine's Day on Monday to you and your beautiful bride. But I absolutely agree, Mark. The fact that Justin Trudeau thinks he's, what, he's too good? And he's he's right. It's like, again, my way or the highway. How dare you? How dare you not appreciate these people who are hardworking Canadians, hardworking Americans, hardworking truckers around the world? You know uh, what? They're not good enough that you can't spend two or three minutes talking to them, hearing them out. Maybe you would realize that they're actually very nice people who just are against mandates and care about freedom and actually have morals and values and, and families that they're trying to feed to and but care about their convictions, maybe you'd gain more respect for them because you certainly should have some because I think it is audacious that he wouldn't spend a few minutes. We're going to continue talking about this, everybody, and also in New York. There are a number of people who may be losing their jobs shortly, several thousand, 3,000 unvaccinated New York City workers because guess what? They didn't get the vax. They don't deserve to be talked to either. Give me a break. That is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And it is the werewolf of Ontario because Justin Trudeau, basically, they're handing out flyers. To the truckers, the Freedom Convoy saying if you are there at that bridge, which is between Ontario and Michigan, after midnight, they say you could either be arrested, you could even face a $100,000 fine. They're getting really tough there. And it reminded me of, remember that old guy? There was a guy who was honking at the trespass, at the truckers in support. He wasn't even a trucker. He just saw it and he was honking. He got arrested. They shaked him down like he was like a drug dealer. So the 78-year-old guy, they are tough love. They do not want these folks talking about freedom. And that's the sentiment of a lot of New York City workers who tonight, thousands of them are going to lose their job because they are not vaccinated. Take a listen to one of them who was out protesting just a little bit ago. I feel betrayed. You know, during peak COVID, we showed up every day, worked in the worst conditions. Um... Overtime, endless hours, the time that we put in, and this is how I'm getting thanked. Yeah, a lot of people deeply frustrated. 1-800-848-9222. I say bravo to the truckers, and I say bravo to freedom. 
Let's go to Katie in Detroit. You're there in Michigan right there. Go ahead, Katie. Hi, I'm just calling to say that I applaud what you're talking about tonight and that the truckers deserve freedom. They deserve respect. They have been working for everybody all through the pandemic, and now they're being told that 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 they could they could go to jail if they don't get the vaccine. It's it's so ridiculous. It's such an insult. <clears throat> and, uh, and and by the way, I don't doubt that Trudeau will do that because he's just he's treated them like horribly. He won't even talk to them. And that's what gets me so disgusted. And and I'm I'm curious from your thought being right there in Michigan, um right there on the border, what are your thoughts? Are you were you thinking it's going to come into the United States, Katie? Well, I'm actually appalled at our governor because she's instead of um <clears throat> instead of suggesting that there's a dialogue with with the um, protesters. She's she's recommending that that Michigan send that send send force and send heavy equipment. They're talking about um, forcibly removing the trucks. And so instead of saying let's let's talk this over, you know, maybe that vaccine mandate should be reconsidered, which is what Maddie Maroon suggested, who's actually the owner of the Ambassador Bridge. She's suggesting that um, because of of the billion dollars of business that's at stake, that Michigan should be sending um, possibly um, uh, more force. um, Yeah, well, you know why? You know why? Because it's Gretchen Whitmer, and she is a, you know, loony kazoony lefty. You know, she's hardcore lefty. She's probably agreeing with everything that Justin Trudeau is saying And I say shame on Justin Trudeau at a time where he should be talking to these people. These are his citizens. These are hardworking individuals. And they are really essential workers. Think about the trucks. Think about how many things across America are being shipped by trucks across the world. It is such an important, vital, you know, resource. These guys are essential workers. They're key. They should be at least appreciated, at least respected. And I say it is outrageous. Shame on Justin Trudeau. And everybody should be supporting these truckers and their mission of freedom. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. It is so difficult being a law enforcement officer in the United States right now. Our hearts go out to them and their families. And every day, it seems like we're hearing about some sort of an ambush attack on police officers. And the latest one that I want to talk with you about here on the Rita Cosby Show, to me, uh, nine officers shot in Phoenix, Arizona, just a few hours ago. Think about this. They were going there and they were ambushed and nine officers shot. Uh, They have survived, thank goodness. But imagine just the scene of the hail of bullets. And again, they thought it was just a routine call. Take a listen to the sergeant there in Phoenix describing what happened. Other officers, uh, backup officers arrived on scene and they surrounded the home 
and began uh, calling out the occupants. An adult male came to the door holding a baby, an infant. Um, He placed that infant on the ground in front of the front door and then walked out towards the officers where they began detaining him. Other officers also moved in to uh, secure that infant. At that time, the suspect opened fire on the officers again, striking four officers and also striking uh, four other officers, so eight in total, four directly with gunfire and four indirectly with uh, ricochet or shrapnel, bullet shrapnel. How heartbreaking. And these scenes are happening over and over again. More than 60 of them, by the way, killed by gunfire last year alone. Uh, Four cops already this year. And, of course, we know about the case of NYPD officer Jason Rivera, also Wilbert Mora, remember, going on the domestic call. And who could forget Dominic Rivera? This is the widow of Jason Rivera, NYPD officer. Remember, during the eulogy, she basically said, Things need to change. People need to respect police and they need to respect authority. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. Wow, how powerful, because it is so tough being a man or woman in blue. And shame on these people who thinks it's a free-for-all on officers right now. And I think more than ever, given what's been happening in particular, when you think about all the latest shootings and the sensitivity and these heartbreaking scenes And all of you know on the Rita Cosby Show, all you listeners, how much I love our men and women in blue. And so whenever I hear of an attack on them, it is outrageous to me. And I could not believe that at the big game on Sunday, which is going to be watched by millions upon millions of people, you would think for the halftime that the NFL would have a little sensitivity of who they were going to pick for the halftime entertainment. There have been some great ones in the past. You know, you don't have to, you know, there's a variety of different acts have been through the years. I enjoy it. I love watching the scene. It's fun. You know, it's great entertainment, often great light shows and great dancing and all that stuff. But there's one act I will definitely not be watching this Sunday, and I think it's absolutely disgusting that Snoop Dogg, who has had so much in terms of anti-police rhetoric, shoot him up, cops, do this, do that, If you listen to some of his lyrics, it is absolutely disgusting. And by the way, just a few hours ago, he and another guy were sued for sexual assault and sex trafficking by a backup dancer. So this degenerate is going to be performing on the biggest stage in the world at the big game on Sunday. Unbelievable. Take a little bit of a listen to some of his quality lyrics. You got to have papers in this world. You might get your first snatch before your eyes swirl. You're doing your job every day. You need to work so hard till your head turn gray. Let me tell you about life and about the way it is. You see, we live by the gun, so we die by the gun. And that's the mildest. If I played you most of his lyrics, it'd be like bleep, 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 bleep. I think this about cops. Bleep, bleep, bleep. It is disgusting. And this is the best that the NFL can do. 
Well, we have the best to talk about it here on Friday night on the Rita Cosby Show. He is known as the King of Vegas. He's America's odds maker, and he's also a great conservative commentator. My friend, Wayne Allen Root. Wayne, great to have you here on the show. Hey, Rita, you left that only one thing. I'm the most pro-police guy in the entire world. I love the boys and girls in blue. Without them, it's this thin blue line. Tomorrow, you take cops away or you defund cops or defund half of cops or get rid of a third of the cops. We get overrun. Every house is, is a home invasion robbery. Every car is a carjacking. The only thing keeping us all safe and alive in a civilized society is the police. I love the police. You know what? And I know that, my friend. You are such a patriot. What do you make of the fact that at a time where there have been so many of these police shootings all over the country, and in fact, nine shot tonight, um, luckily um, they are going to survive. They were ambushed by a guy in Phoenix, um, and this is happening over and over again. You see the headlines, and this is who the NFL picks as you know, they're one of their big entertainers at halftime. I think it's outrageous, and I think it's they could have done so much better. Well, you know, Goodell is a big liberal. He's a big liberal schmo, as I like to say. Every decision he's ever made, this guy, the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, every single decision, if you have a choice of conservative or liberal, it's always liberal. It's always over-the-top liberal. It's always social justice. It's always Black Lives Matter. He has no idea the damage he's done to the NFL. You know, it's so funny because, you know, I'm the ultimate conservative, and I've got the national conservative talk show, and everything I do is Republican and conservative. And every time I mention a big game or the NFL or football or sports in general, anything I mention on social media, I'll get 50 responses. And, for, and my following is obviously conservative. 48 out of the 50 will say, I can't believe you're still watching football. I will never watch again because of the kneeing and the Black Lives Matter. So millions and millions of normal, healthy, middle-class Americans – don't watch the NFL anymore because of the antics that he's shown approval to Roger Goodell. And now this to me is the all time low. I've always disliked the people in the Super Bowl show for the most part, but you know, now this is a new low and it's not because of the anti-police rhetoric. This guy is a thug. Everything about Snoopy dog. There is a thug. You know, what's the worst part about it. He directed porn films. I was always amazed at things that liberals get away with in our society you know, Wayne Root would jaywalk and someone would write a column saying I'm a bad person and I shouldn't have a certain position. But they get away with directing porn films and then you put them in commercials with Lee Iacocca because Snoop Dogg was in a commercial with Iacocca. He's in the Corona beer commercials. Now he's at a halftime show in front of our children in the Super Bowl. Do you really put porn directors in the halftime show of the Super Bowl? It, it's outrageous. And he's a thug. And he says anti-police rhetoric, and he's getting sued for sexual harassment, and he's been in trouble with the law before. All these people that they pick are like, you know, the very antithesis of what I think a patriot would want to see in a Super Bowl. So I, I think the NFL's on the wrong side again of history, and Roger Goodell, as usual, has made the wrong decision. He's always on the side of his players, who probably love Snoop Dogg, but the fans who paid the money or think like Wayne Allen Root and Rita Cosby. I guarantee you that. Well, And you know what I think of, too, Wayne Allen Root? I also wonder, you know, young people, because, of course, the big game is something that young people are tuning into everybody. You know, it's, it's sort of a family event in a lot of places. 
And I think about what kind of a role model is that for young people? There's some great entertainers out there that don't have this disgusting rhetoric and this disgusting track record. And I think about the influence that has on young people. They can't think it's cool to be talking about, you know, cops that way, to be talking about other people that way. It, it, it just it sends the absolute wrong message and it sends the wrong influence when there are families watching. Well, what about a lawsuit for sexual uh, sexual assault? You know, I read the charges and this girl, you know, I don't know if she's credible. I have no idea if it really happened. I have no idea if she was a willing participant, but certainly what she described is disgusting sexual assault by both Snoop Dogg and his right-hand man. The two of them both took turns with her and forced her, according to her. Don't know if it's true. It's he said, she said. But you know what? It, it seems to me every time I'm a businessman, that's what I am. I'm a businessman. There's no benefit of the doubt to a white Republican businessman in the United States of America. If someone says you did something wrong, you're canceled in everything you do until you're proven innocent. And even then, your reputation may be ruined for the rest of your life. But if you're a minority in this country and you're a superstar celebrity, doesn't matter if you get caught with drugs, doesn't matter if you get caught with hookers, doesn't matter if you're smoking pot, doesn't matter if they catch you with cocaine, doesn't matter if someone accuses you of sexual assault and it it's, hasn't been proved yet, you still don't lose any of your career. And he's going to be allowed to walk on to halftime. I don't believe Goodell will say because of the lawsuit, we're canceling it. You're not going to perform. I'll bet you money if it was Wayne Root performing and someone accused me of something far more minor than sexual assault, you know, something business related, they'd say, oh, you can't be with the NFL anymore until you're proven innocent. You have to go on a leave of absence. How come no one ever does that in America to a famous performer who sings rap who happens to be a minority? Are they afraid of being called a racist if you fire someone because they may have been involved in a sexual assault? Don't you think maybe I should get the same benefit of the doubt? He's getting the benefit of the doubt. I don't see a a Republican ever getting the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, 1,000%. And and Wayne, I would be remiss without asking you, because you are America's odds maker, who do you think is going to win the big game? i got to ask you real quick before I let (laughs) you go, my friend. You did that last year, too, and I'll give you the same answer. I make a wonderful living off selling that advice at VegasWinners.com. So I can't give you the winner. you got to go to VegasWinners.com, and you got to point and click, and there's my pick, the side, the total, and 21 prop bets. But I will say this much. It's going to be a great game. I've looked at every offensive and defensive efficiency statistic, and these two teams are so close to one another that they might as well be called twins. They're within one or two to ten yards per game of each other on both defense and offense. It's unheard of. And when it comes to stars of the game, the Rams have many more stars, but the biggest star of all is Joe Burrow on the Cincinnati of all big games. And I'm looking forward to an absolutely fabulous Sunday. Well, I'll be watching it and I'll be clicking off when um, Snoop Doggy Doggy <laughs> gets on there yeah, for sure. I'm not watching halftime at all. I yeah. will not watch halftime yeah, at all. Yeah, forget I'll him. Thousand <laughs> percent. Wayne Root, thank you so much, my friend. Wayne Allen Root. Uh, the great king of Vegas and also a great patriot and great supporter of our men and women in blue. Thanks so much, Wayne. Thanks, Rita. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. We're going to take your calls when we come back, everybody. What do you make of the fact, as Wayne and I were just talking, the fact that this is the best they can do? Here's the biggest game on Sunday, and they pick somebody who has now been accused of sexual assault and sex trafficking, And then you also have, in addition to that, these horrible lyrics, anti-police, 
uh, just racist, horrible words that this guy is picking. And this is who they choose to be the halftime entertainment for a family affair where 100 million people are expected to be watching. Outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We need quality people, people who respect authority, respect our men and women in blue. And we're going to talk about that after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the fact that Snoop Dogg is the entertainment at the big game this Sunday. And it's outrageous when you see his lyrics. They're basically very anti-cop, talking about living by the gun, dying by the gun. This is the best you can do. You can still get somebody who's hip and who really puts on a good show. And I think probably one of the greatest shows ever was by the man who loves purple. Remember this one? I didn't hear any anti-cop lyrics in there, and I'm, you can still have fun and be hip and put on probably one of the most amazing shows ever. Why would you have somebody who is now also accused of sexual assault and sex trafficking? That came in the last few hours. This is the best you can do, NFL. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Adam in New York City. Go ahead, Adam. Hey there. Um, you know... Hearing Wayne and you guys talk, uh, two white people, well-to-do, talk about... To what? To a, wait, wait, wait. wait. Adam, what did you just say? To what yeah. people? To, to white people. Are you white? You're a white person and Wayne's white. Yeah, I, I've never... I just thought of... Uh, Adam, forgive me. I've always thought of myself as a person. I never considered myself... No, I never... No, you're, you're white. We're talk, well, what Wayne was talking about minorities so we're just i'm just pointing out that you both are white and that wayne as a white person and you are saying minorities get away with things that white people white republicans don't get away with is the most gobsmacking unbelievable i mean it's like what has this adam hang on one second adam adam hold on let me have you get the wax out of your ears because first of all what wayne said was he felt there was a double standard that's wayne's words Wayne said he felt that there was a double standard uh, and that the NFL was afraid to, like, insult different groups. That was Wayne's opinion, and Wayne expressed it. I have different opinions on my show, just like I have your opinion. But what also Wayne said was that he felt that these individuals, that picking somebody like a Snoop Dogg, no matter what color they are, um, I, I just don't like the rhetoric. I don't even think about color when I think of Snoop Dogg. I think of his lyrics. Do you think he is a role model for young kids to be watching? What do you think, Adam? Uh, Snoop Dogg actually, absolutely reflects as an artist the, the sentiment and the reality of what young black men are dealing with, have been dealing with for Adam, Adam, then 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 they're all in trouble because he just got accused of some very serious crimes. So I don't think he's a role model for any color. If you hear about his background right now, Adam, I mean, he just got accused again. 
it's an allegation, but he got accused of some very serious stuff. And his lyrics about the gun and anti-cops, I think the NFL can do better. And that doesn't matter what color they are. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment for the 24th year, Ross Elementary School students in Bryan, Texas, created hundreds of Valentine's Day cards. Remember, it's Monday, guys. Got to get those flowers going. For local veterans, first responders, and also medical professionals to thank them for their service and for their sacrifice. Originally started as an art project to honor veterans, it was expanded to a school-wide program featuring performances from kindergartners and a finale of God Bless the USA with all the students waving flags. A second grader said that she absolutely loved the entire program, and she said her favorite part was the flag. She further said, it means a lot to me for the flag and to stand for freedom. Wouldn't it be great if these kindergartners were actually the entertainment at the show, the big game on Sunday? That would have actually been something quality, and that would have been beautiful. And how nice to see these great patriotic kids and always wonderful to see them supporting our veterans. Well, again, they're not the entertainment for the big game on Sunday. Snoop Doggy Dog is, and boy, is he dogged in his hatred of police, it seems, because the lyrics are all about shooting and cops and anti-cops and cops this. If we played his song, we'd have to bleep every single word. It'd be like bleep, bleep, bleep. And this is who the NFL picks. It's outrageous. Here's a little bit of a conversation he had and tell me if you think this is the right person for halftime entertainment this Sunday. Racism is a mentality. And either you for it or you against it. Like we as black people, we have something that's called spirit, heart, soul, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they can't take away from us. Even in this terrible time, his family is mourning, but they don't want violence. Yeah. That's forgiveness. Because naturally, you kill mine, I'm killing yours. Wow. Does that sound like like a a man of peace? Well, by the way, um, he has also now been accused of sexual assault and battery in a brand new lawsuit that came out um, from an accuser who says the incident happened a while ago in California. And again, saying that she was a dancer. She performed at concerts for him. So somebody who knew him. And says that she was sexually assaulted by him and another man. New allegations. And again, this is who the NFL picks to be their halftime entertainment at a time where, especially if you listen to some of his rhetorics, it is like anti this cops, blank this cop, blank this cop. And it breaks my heart at a time where cops are being ambushed left and right. And all I kept thinking about are the words from Dominic Rivera, the widow of Jason Rivera, one of the two NYPD officers who was slaughtered in that ambush not too long ago. Remember these words. You know, it's hard being a cop wife sometimes. It's hard being patient when plans were canceled or we would go days without seeing each other or when you had to write a report that would take forever because you had to voucher so many things. So you did OT. 
or when you had a bad day at work because an EDP drove you nuts. But you always reminded me that it was going to be all right. We were going to get through it. And then the NFL has the biggest game in the world, right? And guess what? They're picking somebody who has anti-cop lyrics. Why would you do that? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jennifer in Boston. Jennifer, I, they could do better, don't you think? Uh, Rita, sorry, I'm on the verge of tears listening to Dominique. I, um, I'm gutted by this um, because it's just another uh, indicator of how far this once great country has fallen. And the sad thing is at least 100 million people will tune in for this, people that purport to love the cops and back the cops. Well, I say to all, all of you who will tune in, do you really? Because if you can't sacrifice one football game in a life, because I'll tell you, there are a lot of officers that died this year that won't be able to enjoy the game. The officer's family, like that lovely young widow, bless her heart, do you think she, if she wanted to relax and watch a game with some family, do you think she wants to hear somebody that sings, sings about killing cops endlessly and, and, and uh, with the grossest of language to accompany it? And like you say, they certainly could have done better. And Officers Morrow and, and uh, Rivera, uh, Officer Keona Hawley in Baltimore, Officer Tesmeris Bohannon out in California, Officer Shane McAlonis, he, he, he lived, but he'll be, if he watches it, he's paralyzed from the neck down. Um, shot, 29 years old, Rita, out in Reno. And uh, I will tell you, this goes on and on and on. The detective that was, I mean, the uh, officer that was shot in, um, outside of Houston the other day and the nine that were shot today. And I'm just saying, what must their families think? What I don't understand it. I don't understand people that are willing to back an organization with a bunch of basically spoiled guys that toss it, you know, make millions of dollars tossing a ball around. And this, like you say, is the best they can do. And I want to say quickly to you, sorry. I think you have a brave and beautiful heart. And um, I thank you for bringing this up at least, Rita, because nobody else did. And I'm grateful for you. And uh, my godson is a um, combat um, Marine, three tours in Iraq. And uh, he's a state trooper, and uh, he's a wonderful human being. And uh, the world would be, God forbid, much less without him. And it's much greater for having him as all these other people. Wow. Um, Keona Hawley, Keona Hawley in Baltimore, she left behind four children. She's a 39-year-old African-American woman. So sitting in her cruiser, ambushed by two African-American men that killed her dad for no reason. I remember so. that. I remember. And, you know, Jen, you, you really hit it home, too, because um, reminding us all of these incredible people who left us well way too soon because yeah. of violence. Um, yeah. and, and I love your patriotic spirit, and I thank your family, too, for their service, as you were just talking about, too, as well. And, um, and I'll be thinking of them. Um, as you know, I'll be watching the big game, and believe me, when Snoop Doggy Dog goes on, I'm going to walk away. You know, I I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to. I'm going to turn it off for that time, and maybe come back. But I will be thinking of their families, and thinking most importantly of those incredible heroes that are always on the front line, like your family. So thank you so much. Let's go to Phil in Bronx. Phil, your thoughts, my friend. Yeah. Good evening. Uh, look, first of all, the the 
politicians who, the Democrats who basically support all this, they want to eliminate as many police officers as they can. I'm not saying they're behind the shootings necessarily, but they're trying to reduce the police force to, to alienate the cops from society so that they can move in their agenda of a federally run police department. The thing is, what well, I what I can't fathom as a United States honorably discharged veteran is the fact that I fought for this country, and why why are the police being threatened, and firemen and and, and medical workers, American citizens, hard workers, being threatened with being fired over a shot when this country, the politicians who are in violation of eight U.S.C. thirteen twenty five federal law, cater to kiss you know what of illegals potentially criminals into this country. Why the, the critical imbalance? Why this, this, this total chaos? Why? Yeah, listen, by the way, I, I hear you. I hate it, Phil. And I know what you're talking when you talk about the shot. You're talking about the vaccine, obviously. And you're right, because there's uh, about 3,000 of them that are likely losing their jobs, uh, New York City workers. And I think it is disgusting. I use the phrase heroes to zeros. And I think it is so horrible because they are heroes. They should not be treated as anything less than a hero because you're talking about medical workers. You're talking about police, firefighters, um, a lot of these the EMS the folks. It, it, I agree, Phil. I want, you know, I totally 1000 percent agree. And I think it is outrageous at a time right now, especially in the climate that we're talking about. I mean, we have the governor of New York loosening up. You know, mask restrictions. We've had New Jersey's governor talking about it. We've had a whole bunch of these different governors. These are liberal governors, you know, around the country, various ones lifting different phases, if you will. And but wait a minute, you're still going to fire people for not getting the vaccine. It's it's like, you know, I hate this man, this mandated, this absolute authoritarian directed and treating people like when you need them, they're great. And when you don't need them, they're not great. Uh, that's outrageous. They are like the backbone and the best of all of us. And to not support first responders right now, to me, is an outright, it, it's, all, it's, it's, it's insane. And I think it is so wrong and the timing is so wrong. And I think politicians need a big wake up and should be listening to these people and talking to these people. And, you know, Phil, we were also talking about the truckers at one point, too. And it's like, same thing. Look at Justin Trudeau, left-leaning. And Justin Trudeau was like, you know what? I'm not. He wouldn't even talk to the truckers, which are essential workers, too, because they're transporting goods around the world. And this over the, you know, my way or the highway, I'm better than them, is so outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Audrey in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Audrey. Thank you, Rita, for taking my call, but I'm a little disturbed because the clip that you played, um, what um, Snoop Dogg was saying, he was talking about George Floyd's murder, and you just do a piece out. Not that I'm scolding you, but number two, he's, he's, do you know anything about rap music? I'm, I'm sorry, but I've been on tour when rap first came out with Run DMC, and the thing is, everybody's dogging him, but they don't know anything about rap music. And what the gentleman said about rap music, yes, is young people expressing their feelings about what they've been living through, like Tupac, like Biggie, all of that. It's just don't watch the. I'm, I'm watch the game. I don't give. A, I never watch halftime. But you guys making me want to watch. It's just that it's wrong for me to just to give out misinformation. But no. And by the way, music. by the way, Audrey, I I, I appreciate what you're saying because you've got some insight into the business. On the other hand, I just think 
it is, you know, everybody watches the game because it's not like, you know, it's it's a family affair. You know, there's so many like young kids that are sitting around, you know, sitting around with their parents who are watching it. Janet Jackson breast came out. Yeah, I didn't like that either, by the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You didn't watch that? Yeah, what's that? The children happen to see that? Yes, they Yeah, do. and it yes, wasn't, and by the way, and by the way, remember, she got scolded and sanctioned because it was inappropriate. Remember? Remember all that big brouhaha that happened with her and Justin Timberlake? So, so exactly to, by the way, Audrey, exactly to your point, it's got to be fair. And that's why I feel like because it is a family event, when I think of young kids watching it and hearing some of this stuff, and it's at a time where crime is at, you know, homicide rates at an all-time high in 16 major cities across the country. I mean, there is so much escalating crime. There's so much anti-police rhetoric. Um, I, all these ambushes that are happening, it's the wrong climate at the wrong time. I don't think it's the right lyrics at any time for a family event, and especially I think young kids watching it. I don't think I hear there's musical interpretation. There's all these other things. I think that there's a way to send a positive message to kids. You can still have great music. You can still have hip. I played Prince. I like Prince. Prince, I think, was pretty hip. I think he was really talented. I think he was great. But I didn't hear him say blank, blank, blank. And if he did, I would say the same thing about him. You know, I'm consistent across the board. But, Audrey, you are awesome, and I love hearing from you. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. David, your thoughts real quick. First of all, I loved Snoop and Dre back in the day, huge fan, but here's what I don't like. Did you know that Snoop made a video where he's on the street pointing the gun at the fake Donald Trump? Okay, now, plus... You no, I, about- I didn't know that, and, that, and, you know, I think that's terrible, too. My goodness, now, now it's like, is there anything else I can hate about the guy? Go ahead. Yeah, that's very violent. You know, it's one thing to say F the police. Now you're talking about shooting the police, you know. So the Trump video, and then he made the video where he's saying fire on the police. And here's the problem, Rita. I don't mean to sound like an old man, but the NFL knew this, and they're putting it on. It's a Black Lives Matter pushing this type of mentality that they're doing. It's terrible at this point. You just have to say, sorry, Snoop. You're doing videos where you're shooting Trump and where you're saying that we're shooting police. We can't have that. But they did have it. And that's no accident. Thank you. David, wow, very powerful. And you know what, guys, I wouldn't like it if he had a gun to any politician's head. I mean, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's President Biden, whoever it is. I mean, that's just horrible. And that's, again, the best that the NFL can do. I think it's ridiculous. I don't think he should be performing. It's like it's like worse after. It's like, is there anybody here who can tell me something good that he's done? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue talking about Snoop Doggy Doggy. And boy, is that dog a real hound. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Boy, this is the kind of music I'd like to hear at halftime at the big game. Instead of Snoop Dogg, who has now been accused, by the way, of also of assault from a backup dancer. 
also trafficking. There's a whole bunch of these charges, again, allegations. Uh, But what is not an allegation is some of his lyrics. And if you listen to some of his lyrics, uh, it's scary stuff and it's very violent stuff. And is that the kind of artist that should be performing at the biggest game of all? The big game that's happening on Sunday between the Rams and the Bengals. What do you think? Don't you think that the NFL could do better? And when you hear some of the, you know, I'm just, I'm going to have to give you an interpretation because you can't actually play them because it would be just take your guns that you're using to shoot each other and start shooting these blank mother blank police. That'll impress mother blank and blank like me. How does that sound? Does that sound like somebody you call the blank police like a blank do? I mean, it's like this is the kind of guy that should be singing at the halftime. This to me is outrageous, especially at a time where attacks against our men and women in blue are at an all-time high. And we have had some extremely high-profile ambush attacks that the whole world's been watching. And as many of you know, I went to the funeral of Wilbert Mora. And I was sitting there watching that widow, and I was watching his mother, uh, you know, at the, uh, the, well, I saw the widow of Jason Rivera, but I was watching the mother of Wilbert Mora when she was getting the flag that was draped over his caution. And if you watch when he got the flag, uh, the flag uh, was taken off of his coffin and passed over to his mother. It was one of the most emotional moments that I've ever seen. I'll never forget that sight. Um, and it, it just, there was, I don't think a single person there that was not heartbroken for that mother. And here was this guy who just loved the community and wanted to serve and protect the community. And that's what all the men and women in blue do. And they try to do the best they can every day. And there are these horrible ambush attacks that are taking place that need to stop. And the last thing you need right now is somebody who has these lyrics basically talking about shooting a cop. I, is that the kind of thing that a family should be watching on Sunday? I don't think so. I think they can do better. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Norman, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Rita. Um, yeah, look, I, I've been inspired by all the anti-mandate rallies. Basically, I started with the Back the Blue rallies during that wonderful summer of love two years ago when, uh, you know, they were setting fire to cop cruisers and and uh, anyway, I marched across the bridge with the police. I've always loved the police. Um, my friend Ray Calvo has retired in Pennsylvania and is probably listening to your broadcast. My friend Jerry Bird, wherever he is. And finally, my friend Jeff Herman, who was murdered on duty in the early, in the late 1980s. So I've always loved the police. I've, I've worked out with them. They've been my friends. They're still my friends. And, uh, and Norman, know, yeah. and Norman, yes. they are the best of us. I absolutely agree. They are the best of us. And at a time right now where there are so many horrible losses and despicable attacks on law enforcement, physically and verbally, it needs to stop. We need to back our men and women in blue. Let's go to Roger in Queens. Go ahead, Roger. Your thoughts about this. Hey, how you doing? Um, as far as Snoop Dogg goes, I feel like, you know, those lyrics that you played earlier, I don't know, like 20 minutes ago, those lyrics are from, like, 25 years ago. Like, like kids right now that are, like, going to be, you know, within the ages of 10 to 15, they never even heard those lyrics. Those lyrics came out in, like, the the, the, the 90s. 
Hey, Raj. Hey, Raj. Let me read you some new lyrics that came out on January 22nd, and let's see how you think of these. All you blank out there, take your guns you're using to shoot each other and start shooting these blank ass. Uh, Mother blanking police, that'll impress a mother blanking blank like me. I mean, what you know? I mean, to me, that's horrible. That 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 was that, released. That, that was January. That, that's a, a, it. Says January twenty second, and that and guess what? The title of the song is Roger. Police, we can do better. We can do better. It doesn't matter what color the individual is, and and I think there's some extremely talented people. This is just about good morals and teaching our kids and finding somebody who isn't anti-police. The NFL can do better, and I'm going to be watching just the game. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.